Welcome to Music with the Mission, where our purpose is to perpetuate and promote the Christian and positive idea through the medium of music and other arts. Today we continue our discussion on hymns to him. Music Radio's Music with a Mission. I'm Greg Thomas in for Derek Davis, and we're glad to have you back again for our second installment of Hymns to Him, where we delve into the hymns of the church, the stories behind them, the traditional and the modern. And we're glad to have with us again in the studio, Misty Quinn. Glad to be here. And Jesse Carrasco. Glad as well. And of course, behind the board is our very own Harry Vaughn. We want to say thanks to all of you who responded to our Facebook and Twitter comments, or questions rather, uh, with regards to your hymns, your hymn favorites, and many of you wrote, and we're so excited about that. In fact, we're going to touch on some of those today. Uh, I was honestly surprised at the responses that we got. We definitely got a bunch of responses here. Um, It sounds like hymns are really you know, really touch the heart of uh, of Christians who are um, writing in. Uh, a few favorites definitely jump out, and we'll mm-hmm. hit those later. Um, but glad to have you guys joining the conversation with us. The thought is that, at least my thought was that podcast listeners are generally a younger crowd and are probably not as familiar with hymns of the church. Which we found out is not true. Many of our uh, the people who wrote in are actually members of our YPC, Ooh. younger members of our MPC even. So um, our our younger listeners are definitely um, still being touched by the hymns today. So. Amen. Well, then we got to get about the business of educating the older crowd. <laughs> They're a little challenged <laughs> technology-wise uh, or technologically or intimidated because they're not checking out this podcast as much as I, I thought they would be. Nevertheless, we are blessed by the number of people who are listening, and we trust that this podcast is a blessing to you and your walk with the Lord. We're going to get into these hymns today. Again, we've got five or six that are slated for today, and Lord willing, we'll uh, have some more. And our intention uh, in the coming years to do this, hopefully every other month or every six weeks or so, there's so many hymns out there, so we're not going to run out of material. Uh, we're going to do our research to explore them and find out what we can about the writers. If the research hasn't been done, go to Scripture and find these songs in Scripture. Uh, relate them to relate them to our, our, our walk with the Lord today because they are so applicable, uh, a lot of the messages here. We're going to start the hour off with that classic, that all-popular hymn, 
and it's so ironic because saved and unsaved, Christian and non-Christian, mm-hmm. uh, churched and unchurched, <laughs> every culture, this song has penetrated every corner of the globe and every culture and every age group. Everybody seems to, if they don't know the lyrics, they certainly know the melody. Mm-hmm. And that is Amazing Grace. Well, Gino and Clarissa wrote us on uh, Facebook and said that their favorite hymn is Amazing Grace because every word of it is so true. It brings me to tears every time I hear it. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Amazing Grace was written by John Newton, who lived from 1725 until 1807. And the American melody is from Carolyn Clayton's Virginia Harmony, published in 1831. Newton, to many people's surprise, was a servant of slavers in Africa, who eventually became a captain of his own slave ship. Needless to say, the capturing, selling, and transporting of black slaves to the plantations in the West Indies and America was cruel and vicious way of life. While returning to England from Africa during a particularly stormy voyage, when it appeared that all would be lost, Newton began reading Thomas A. Kempis's book, Imitation of Christ. This book is still printed today as a religious classic. The message and the frightening experience at sea were used by the Holy Spirit to sow the seeds of Newton's eventual conversion and personal acceptance of Jesus Christ as his Savior, eventually becoming a pastor. He used the song often as ministered and told the story of his conversion and his experience. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amazing Grace is so remarkable because it's the crux of our faith. It's the bottom line. By grace we are saved. And when I was thinking about it, I thought of Paul. He calls himself the chief of sinners. And so could Newton, a slave trader. You know, we, but we are all great sinners. We can't use man's scale. We would be in hell without Christ. And I think that's why it just hits hard for every believer when you sing it. It doesn't get old. Yeah. I, I think every believer and non believer always question that one word wretch. Oh, wretch. 
<laughs> you know, because I first heard it, I never knew what a wretch was. You know, what, what's a wretch? You know, I still, I still can't say. You know, let me look that up. I'll be right back. <laughs> you know, but so undone, such a mess, and and not necessarily by the world standards, because the mess that we are in the world is, and it's so ironic, the mess that we can be in the world is so well received. <laughs> you can be a wreck, yeah. a wretch, and be so well received. This is the difficult. This is an internal wretch that makes the external guy an even greater wretch, if that makes sense. Because the change that we need is a heart change. Calvary, I, I like to say, was the the place of exchange where Christ took on our unrighteousness and gave us His righteousness. You know, well, when God sent His Son, it was the grace of God that said, "I'm going to sacrifice my very best, my only, if you will, my only begotten, for a bunch of wretches." And I don't know if wretches is uh, <laughs> the proper plural, but uh, is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a bunch of wretches who who have all but you know turned their noses up at me and said, you know, I'll drink your water, I'll breathe your air, but I'm not going to give you any reference. I'm not going to acknowledge you. You know, so yeah, it it is amazing when you think about it. Well, you know, you said. This is one of those that everybody knows, saved and unsaved, and that was me. You know, I didn't grow up in the church, but of all the hymns, this is the one I knew. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, even as a kid, knew Amazing Grace, because everybody knows it, and I remember loving it, but not knowing really what it meant. Like you said, wretch, and I once was lost, now I was found blind, but now I see. But then as a young adult coming to know God and coming to be saved, and now all of a sudden I can sing it and it means something to me. You know, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see and can sing that. And it's true. And know what that means and to, to sing that for real. Mm. We'll be right back. God is incredible. God is with you. God is aware of your struggle. God is ready to forgive. God is powerful. God is your friend. God is a good listener. God is for you. God is willing to God help. is and always will God be. God is able to God protect. Is God good. is power to change. God is Jesus. God is here. God now. is the one who loves you. God is merciful. God is the husband to the widow. God is the one with your God is there when no one else is. TSC Music Radio, where God is. Psalm 145, verses 2 and 3 reads, Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. How great thou art. Today's inspiring hymn of praise and adoration reminds us of God's unlimited power and love in creation and redemption. Although written in the past century, the hymn has become familiar to congregations just since the close of World War II. It especially became an international favorite after Billy Graham's evangelistic team used it in their crusades during the late 1940s and early 1950s. The original text was written by a Swedish pastor, Carl Boberg, in 1886. While visiting a beautiful country estate, Boberg was caught in a sudden thunderstorm. The awesome and violent lightning and thunder quickly ended, leaving clear, brilliant sunshine and the calm, sweet singing of the birds in the trees. Falling on his knees in awe and adoration of Almighty God, the pastor wrote nine stanzas of praise. Swedish congregations began to sing his lines to one of their old folk tunes. The text was later translated into German and Russian and ultimately into English by the Reverend S.K. Hein and his wife, English missionaries to the people of the Ukraine. 
When war broke out in 1939, it was necessary for the Heinz to return to Britain, where Mr. Hine added the fourth stanza to the hymn. These four stanzas by Stuart Hine have since ministered and inspired God's people worldwide. That has a long history. It does. It does. Translated and passed around from one country to another. Wow. So it's not an American hymn. No, it's not at all. <laughs> not at all. The violin and piano instrumental you just heard was recorded by Rebecca Jackson and John Wineglass, respectively. And you're also listening to Rebecca and John now with the rendition of How Great Is Our God, an appropriate follow-up song. Uh, written by Chris Tomlin, Ed Cash, and Jesse Reeves. Uh, copyrighted in 2004, and you can certainly go online and, and get that. The next song, which this was the first time this song was done in a worship service, and it and it and you'll hear it if you if you were at that service, you can you probably remember Pastor Patrick starting this song, and even the musicians were like, "What is this?" <laughs> you know, because we had heard it. it in passing, but we had never done it in service. But he he was so led by the Lord to to do it. It was so appropriate and so timely that uh, it caught on, and people just. My goodness, you get to that second or third verse, and this thing lights up. This song titled In Christ Alone. This is the modern day hymn. Now, this is this song has been considered a hymn or is now considered a hymn. And it's going to be in. uh, In fact, it may already be released in a new hymnal that I think was published uh, last year. May have been the year before last, yeah. but it's a new hymnal, and a lot of these modern choruses are being included, and this is one of them. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground. The fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are still, when striving cease, my comforter. In Christ Alone was a collaborative effort between songwriter Stuart Townend and fellow songwriter and now good friend Keith Getty. The song came about in an unusual way, Townend explains. Keith and I met in the autumn of 2000 at a worship event, and we resolved to try to work together on some songs. A few weeks later, Keith sent some melody ideas, and the first one on the CD was a magnificent, haunting melody that I loved and I immediately started writing down some lyrical ideas on what I felt should be the timeless theme commensurate with the melody. So the theme of the life, death, resurrection of Christ, and the implications of that for us began to just tumble out, and when we got together later on to fine-tune it, we felt that we had encapsulated what we wanted to say. Townend and Getty both admit they are motivated by the idea of capturing biblical truth in songs and hymns that will not only cause people to express their worship in church, but will build them up in their Christian lives. 
I've been amazed by the response to this song, says Townend. We've had some incredible emails about how people have been helped by the song through incredibly difficult circumstances. One email described how a U.S. soldier serving in Iraq would pray through each verse of the song every day and how the promises of God's protection and grace helped to sustain him through the enormous pressures and dangers of life in a war zone. It seems like this song is timely, Townend says. We in the West have had our sense of safety and security brutally torn apart by recent world events, and it's caused many to reevaluate the foundations of their life. I feel that the song has helped to stir the faith in many believers that God really is our protector, that our lives are in his unshakable hands. This is Carter Conlon from Times Square Church. The book of Exodus talks about a very, very dark period in history when it seems that death and darkness were all over the land that was round about the people of God. 
God's instruction to his people was to gather together inside their homes, bring together their children, some of their friends and perhaps others that were lonely and had nobody that cared about them, to begin to obey him, to get the covering on their house that God was willing to provide for them, and to turn to God in sincerity. That's what prayer is all about. It's really just turning to God with a sincere heart, saying, Lord, we need your strength to get through. We can't do this on our own. And Lord, we can't do it without our friends and our family and our neighbor. God, would you come and would you cover us and give us the hope that you always have given to those who put their future in your hands? It is time to pray. To find a prayer meeting in your area, visit nycprayer.org. TSC, Music Radio, where God is. Well, every week we encourage you guys to join the conversation online, and we're so glad that so many did this time around when we put out the question of what is your favorite hymn and why. And in looking through the Facebook and the Twitter responses, there was one that emerged as the definite favorite, um, and that is It Is Well With My Soul. Ah. Yep. That's the one. (laughs) On Twitter, a day told us, It is well with my soul is by far my favorite because it says it all. And I love the testimony behind it. Um, Natalie Ross told us on Facebook, she said, It is well with my soul. The story behind the lyrics as well as the lyrics are so moving and powerful. This is one of the first songs I remember hearing as a child in church. And Rebecca Flores Works told us, Also, it is well with my soul. I just love this hymn. The lyrics are so powerful, and the story behind it just amazes me how through tragedy a great hymn is written. It is well with my soul was written by Horatio Spafford, music by Philip Bliss. Born in North Troy, New York, on October 20th, 1828, this young author had established a successful legal practice in Chicago. Along with his financial success, he always maintained a keen interest in Christian activities. He enjoyed a close relationship with D.L. Moody and other evangelical leaders of that era. Some months prior to the Chicago Fire of 1871, he had invested heavily in real estate, and his holdings were completely wiped out by the disaster. Desiring rest for his wife and four daughters, and wishing to assist Moody in one of his campaigns in Great Britain, Spafford planned a European trip for his family in 1873. Due to unexpected last-minute business developments, he had to remain in Chicago. Tragically, the ship that his family was on was struck by another vessel, and the ship sank in just 12 short minutes. Several days later, his wife cabled him with this note, Saved alone. After leaving by ship to join his wife, it is thought that on the sea near the area where his four daughters drowned, Spafford penned this text, When Sorrows Like Sea Billows Roll. It's noteworthy, however, that Spafford's hymn does not dwell on the theme of life's sorrows and trials, but focuses attention in the third stanza on the redemptive work of Christ, and in the fourth stanza speaks to his glorious second coming. It's amazing that one could experience such personal tragedy and still be able to say, It is well with my soul.
was the original, well, an original uh, rendition of the traditional hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. And it was followed by an arrangement performed by YPC here at Times Square Church, uh, at which time Misty and Jesse were a part of. True. True. I don't know if it was in that <laughs> version of it, but when Misty and I were both in YPC way back when, that was one of the first songs that I think you taught us. So. And it was hard. That is hard to sing. <laughs> we were locked into the director, you know, with fear and trepidation. But yeah, you can't take your eyes off. <laughs> but it was well with our soul. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Some hymns just are not to be touched or, or rearranged too much from their original. I mean, I've arranged many hymns in my day, and I've got several arrangements. Um, but I don't think they compare to the original hymns. They just they just don't. They're, they're more musically interesting, you know, compared to their tradition. But there's just something about singing them in the tradition that works every time. And it crosses age barriers and it crosses cultural divides. It's just... It's just uh, there's a stamp on it that you just can't remove. TSC Music invites you to join us for Merry Gentlemen, a joyous celebration of Christmas, featuring music by the 150-voice Male Praise Choir and Big Band, under the direction of Greg Thomas and Todd Williams. This Christmas presentation will be held on Tuesday, December 20th, and Friday, December 23rd at 7 p.m. at Times Square Church. Admission is free. For more information, visit our website, tscnyc.org. The author of the text from the song, When We All Get to Heaven, Eliza Hewitt, was a school teacher in Philadelphia and a Christian lay worker who was deeply devoted to the Sunday school movement. Like many of the other gospel songwriters during the latter half of the 19th century, Eliza's goal in writing her songs was to reach children and to teach them the basic truths of the gospel. She dedicated this particular song to her own Sunday school class in Philadelphia. Though an invalid for much of her life, Eliza was also active and enjoyed a very personal life uh, of fellowship with Fanny Crosby. These two women met often for fellowship and discussion of their new hymns. Eliza Hewitt wrote other gospel hymns such as More About Jesus, Stepping in the Light, and There is Sunshine in My Soul Today. And these are not some of your most popular hymns, uh, but she did write other ones nonetheless. Miss Hewitt often attended the Methodist camp meetings at Ocean Grove, New Jersey. It was here that she collaborated with Emily Wilson, the wife of Methodist District Superintendent in Philadelphia, in the writing of this triumphant gospel hymn, a favorite of young and not so young alike. The anticipation of heaven has often been described as the oxygen of the human soul. Everybody's talking about going to heaven, but we've heard this phrase that everybody's not going. <laughs> uh, and nobody's in a hurry to get there, it seems. <laughs> Second Corinthians four seventeen through eighteen reads: For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal.
When We All Get to Heaven was the popular and probably still is funeral song. When I was growing up uh, as a young musician, I did a lot of funerals. And I most of the times didn't know the people who were buried. I was just a musician. <laughs> and that song was requested at the end of every, just about every uh, funeral service. Um, you know, they were often called going home services, you know, <laughs> all the home going. But that was the song, When We All Get to Heaven. But it also reminded me of another song that we used to do a lot of. And the title was, Oh, I Want to See Him. You all familiar with that one? A little bit. Yeah. I don't have the story behind it, but we, we used to do it this way a little bit. As I journey through this land, singing as I go, pointing souls to Calvary, to the crimson flow, many arrows pierce my soul from without within. But my Lord leads me on, and through him I must win. The chorus says, Oh, I want to see him look upon his face, there to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. When in service for my Lord, dark might be the night. But I'll cling more close to him, he will give me light. Satan's snares may vex my soul, turn my thoughts aside. But my Lord goes ahead, leads whatever betide. Oh, 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 I want to see him look upon his face. Let us sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me live my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. Oh, I want to see. Oh, 
Those are classic hymns of the church. We love them around here at Times Square Church and, of course, in churches around the country and around the world. Uh, these hymns are sung and have been sung for decades and for centuries and for eons. Uh, and people are still singing them. They just don't get old. And we thank you for listening. We're going to be doing more of this. Uh, we encourage you to hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. As a matter of fact, as we approach the Christmas holiday, we're going to be doing a Christmas... Christmas Hymns to Him podcast. Oh, yeah. I love it. So if you have a favorite Christmas carol or Christmas hymn, and it needs to be a hymn, so you yes. got to do your own research, shoot it to us via Facebook or Twitter, or you can email us at music at timesquarechurch.org. And uh, we'd love to get your feedback, uh, and maybe we'll be playing some of those, or at least pointing people to some of those hymns, Christmas hymns. That is for the Christmas season. Uh, you can start now. You don't have to wait till December to start doing that. Start now so that we can get all the information together, and uh, it will air sometime in December before Christmas. Take joy, my king, in what you hear, and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. And we also hope you'll join the conversation online because Music with a Mission doesn't end here. So check out TSC Music on Facebook to share your thoughts and get regular updates. Follow us on Twitter at TSC Music Tweet for live tweets during every podcast interview. And you can even tweet your questions for our podcast guests by using the hashtag MWMPodcast. And, of course, you can always email us at music at timesquarechurch.org or visit the website tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn, and I'm the project manager, Jesse Carrasco. Coming up next week on Music with a Mission, we'll begin our month-long celebration of Christmas with music from our album Christmas in Times Square. And remember, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Greg Thomas. Join us next time on Music with a Mission.